I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. In a day and age where veganism and plant-based diets can be seen as extreme or weird or different, it's really, really important to understand and dive into this discussion around modern day balanced diets and what does a balanced diet even look like in 2021. So let's dive in. Guys, I wanted to talk in depth about this topic around concept of a balanced diet. I eat a balanced diet. What does a balanced diet look like? And why is it that just because someone isn't overweight does not mean they are healthy? And I'll give you some a couple of examples. You might think of someone that you know. So you can have people that are seemingly thin, skinny even, and they consume a lot of junk food and processed foods, that does not mean that they're healthy because of the absence of extra body fat. And the same thing applies to people within the fitness industry. This is a fundamental thing to remember when you are looking towards fitness people as motivation and inspiration for your own journey. Because I'm here to tell you that there's many fitness people, bodybuilders in particular, who are not healthy at all. And some of them recognize this and some of them will just tell you, hey, like, I'm not here for the health, I'm here for the gains. But there's a lot of them that will try to promote health, but it's an illusion. And it's all around this concept of redefining what a balanced diet looks like. Because one of the things that I had observed in recent times, just looking at other people's eating patterns, is how that quote-unquote average diet has shifted over time. So what does an average diet even look like anymore? And what did an average diet look like in, say, my parents' era and or your parents' era? How has that shifted over time? Now, I think back to my grandparents, for example, and so much of what they consumed was vegetables that they grew in their own garden. It was things that they had cultivated themselves. And we look at the general health and well-being of those people, and it tended to be much better than what we're seeing in the modern world right now. Also, many of those people had labor-intensive jobs, physical jobs. So in a way, inadvertently, they were getting exercise alongside eating predominantly from their gardens. So those two things combined set them up to be much, much healthier than the quote-unquote balanced or average diet today. The average diet today, everything is refined. You look at the color of someone's plate on a balanced diet and everything is yellow, brown, white. 
and there might be a little bit of green in there in the form of some sweet peas or something, but everything is brown, white, and yellow. You can tell by the color of someone's plate how typically healthy they are in general. If they're always opting for these sort of brownish earth tones, so to speak, that's a pretty key indicator that they're eating a myopic diet. You want diversity. There has to be this shift that takes place from shelf-stable to perishable whole foods because shelf-stable stuff tends to be the yellow, the brown. You can just think of foods that you consume. It's probably shelf-stable macaroni and cheese, for example, or anything like that. It's preservative-loaded stuff that fundamentally is seen as being part of a balanced diet in the modern world, but it really is not. And then why am I talking about this? Because, guys, there's this illusion around what is health. I've had people say, well, I'm not overweight. And they sort of make this assumption that therefore they're not healthy. I know people who are really active and they have very active jobs and their body fat is not that high. But they are consuming terribly processed, poor, nutrient void diets. And I'm telling you that they are setting themselves up for long-term disease. And I would actually argue that people who are not clearly obese or overweight, but they don't eat a healthy diet, they're at more risk of something blindsiding them later on than someone who is overweight because they're not even conscious that their habits are that bad. There was a guy that I knew a number of years ago and he was thin. He didn't have much body fat to him at all. He was quite an active person in the sense his job was active and he consumed Coca-Cola and honey buns all day, every day. And he ended up getting stage four colon cancer and he sadly passed away. Now, it blindsided him because he didn't look like your typical person, your morbidly obese, on the brink of death type scenario. And so it blindsided him. And what I'm here to tell you is that you don't need to be overweight or obese to have these problems lurking in the background if your diet is not good. And most people's, and, and this leads me to the second point, is that most people don't even know what a quote-unquote good diet even looks like. And so the first thing is that we fall prey to this illusion that we're doing okay when in actuality we're far from it. And the second thing is that, okay, so let's say we are far from it. We don't even know what a good diet looks like anymore because that definition of a balanced diet has shifted so much over the years to be predominantly processed foods that are nutrient void and not directly from the garden. And because of this, disease sets in. And so you've got to realize that perception is holding people back. Your perception of what a healthy diet looks like. This is the biggest thing that I find for most people is a barrier that if I ask someone, you know, what do you think a clean diet looks like? They don't even really know how to define that. They think that it might be consuming whole wheat pasta instead of 
white refined pasta, but they're still smothering it with butter and cheese and everything else. Or they might think adding a little bit of Caesar salad in every now and then alongside all the other processed foods they're consuming is okay. They don't know what it looks like to be within a good diet anymore. And so you've got it. This is the way to know. Look towards the people that have the results that you want. How are they operating? What are they doing? Ask yourself, do you have the result that you want? If you don't have the result that you want, there is something fundamentally missing. You can think you have all the knowledge in the world and you can read all the books and you can watch all the interviews. But if you don't have the result that you want, something is missing. And I have this discussion with people and it's a very quick litmus test to know if someone is on the right path. They can tell me all the information and spout off all the knowledge they want. And I say, do you have the result you want? And all of a sudden they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, then you don't really know what you're talking about or what you're doing. Maybe you have book knowledge, but that there's a lack of that real world knowledge. And so the first thing to understand is that food is driving most disease models in 2021. Truly. And most people don't realize this from high blood pressure, heart disease, cancers, even to the severity of COVID-19 symptoms. Many times, if you have a weakened and impaired immune system because you have other comorbidities like high blood pressure, cancer, heart disease, obesity, that makes you much, much more susceptible to having severe complications with any type of viral load. So what I'm telling you here is that your food choices are having a systematic effect on your health, even if you don't look like you are overweight or out of shape. That is the biggest thing I need to drive home to you is that often people who don't look super disease ridden or obese fall into this gray area, this nether region where they get complacent thinking that nothing is wrong. And sometimes there's a lot of stuff that's going wrong and you just don't know it because it's under your radar. You're not able to see it. And the hard part about all of this is that the news and the mainstream media is not going to share this information with you. They're not going to tell you that nutrition is driving most disease models. When, when do we ever hear that? When do we ever hear a discussion about plant-based nutrition or anything of that nature regarding improving health outcomes? Because it's been shown in the science and the data to do that. But why is there a lack of discussion around this? You want to know why? Because of propaganda and marketing and money and lobbyists and all those things that people think are conspiracies, they exist. These dairy boards, these egg councils, these beef boards, they have a vested interest in making you think that these things are not only vital for your survival, but healthy. And generally speaking, that couldn't be further than the truth. And this is the world that we live in. And 
then you ask yourself, well, why isn't my doctor telling me about these things? Typical Western medicine is great for emergency triage. It's very good. You know, if you've broken your arm or leg or you're in an acute situation where you need help right now, it's very good for that. But it's terrible for chronic issues. Terrible. The, the knowledge base is so compartmentalized that we don't look at the human system as a whole anymore. We look at it in individual pieces, trying to triage and fix one thing, not understanding that there's an interconnected web of upstream and downstream feedback loops that affect everything. So what you'll often see is one thing gets an attempt to be remedied and it causes a cascade of negative upstream and downstream effects across the body. And that's typically why when someone gets on one medication for one thing, they need another medication for something else and then another medication for something else and then something else goes wrong because there is multiple feedback loops being affected by that attempt to triage that one thing. Again, compartmentalized knowledge. What I want to get back to here is that you have to understand that your perception around what is a balanced diet is subjective based on your own experience. I look back to my childhood, and this is not uh, an insult towards my family because they didn't know. We, we weren't in the world of YouTube and everything was at our fingertips where we could learn this stuff now. And people just didn't know as much. But my diet wasn't good as a child growing up. And I now see how that affected my my psychology and my attention span and my skin and all of these different things growing up as a child and moving into my teens. And I didn't understand that because I didn't know, they didn't know what a balanced diet looked like. But I will even argue that typically back in my childhood, we did eat even more whole food than what a lot of people consume now. If I was to go through your kitchen and house and most of your food is shelf stable and have having preservatives in it, that's common. But that is not what a balanced diet looks like. What I typically say to people is where do you shop the most when you go to the store? If most of your shopping is done in the, in the aisles where all the shelf stable stuff is, and in the butchery and the seafood department where all the animal products are, that is not an indicator that you're on a good path when it comes to an optimal diet. Most predominantly of your shopping should be done in the first section where the produce, the vegetables and fruits, and the bulk bin section of grains and legumes can be found. You could literally do 98% of your shopping in that first section where the bulk bins of, as I said, rice, quinoa, couscous, different types of legumes. You can do canned legumes and things like that, canned beans. But predominantly, that section, the produce section, you shop mostly from there and you are ahead of 99% of people in existence straight away. So you've got to recognize that that is actually what a balanced diet should look like. And people say, well, I just want to live a little. Oh, you know, it's just so strict. It's only strict based on your subjective experience and eating 
a processed diet. Give it time and understand that as you raise your standards and as your desire to be healthier and more vibrant and more alive and have better blood work and feel better, have less heartburn and reflux and digestive issues and improve your skin quality and improve your sleep and improve everything. As your desire for those things increase, so too does your perception around what a balanced diet even looks like. But I'm here to tell you, and I really need to drive this point home, that you do not have to be obese to be unhealthy. Many fitness people who have a lot of muscle are not healthy. There's thin people around who are not healthy. There is an illusion with this. This is the thing that people say, oh, well, he was in great shape. He, he, he ran every day and he was really healthy and he got sick and, and, and something happened to him. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that he was healthy. What did his blood work look like? His blood work could have looked terrible. Maybe he was consuming tons of terrible things in his diet just because he ran and he was active. There's this illusion that oh, someone looked really fit and healthy. It can happen to anyone. I would argue that that's just naivete and not understanding that that is an illusion. That's that gray area of thinking around just because someone is not 100 pounds overweight, they're somehow healthy. Look at the diet. Are they consuming a lot of red light foods? I often talk about this in other episodes around eating the rainbow. A lot of some other people will call it green light foods. So green light foods are your whole foods, whole vegetables, whole fruits, whole nuts, whole seeds, legumes, grains. You consume predominantly green light foods and then you stack it with this rainbow mentality of looking at your bowl or your plate and having a red vegetable, a green vegetable, a yellow vegetable, an orange one. Rainbow plus green light foods is your gateway to true health. Yellow light foods are going to be things like a healthier protein bar or a healthier muesli bar or things that maybe hummus or a condiment, a healthier condiment. They're things that might be a little bit healthier, but they still have a lot of calories in them. And so if you consume enough of it, you will still gain body fat, which is still not healthy long term, but they are something that can be used in some degree of moderation. And then you have your red light foods, and they are going to be things that are your animal-based products, oils, processed foods, processed sugars, tons of refined salts. Those are going to be the things that most people think fall into part of being a balanced diet, and they're just not. The biggest illusion I think we've had now is that over the generations, we've become more detached from gardening and cultivating our own fruit and vegetables, and we've been more exposed to fast food and takeaways and convenience foods and shelf-stable processed foods. And so our perception of what a balanced diet looks like has shifted over the decades, going from more food from the garden, food from natural sources, not because we, we were super health conscious back then, but because it was a necessity. People couldn't afford it, so they had to cultivate their own. Now, everything is at our fingertips, so we're more sedentary, we, we don't have active jobs, and 
our diet is so shelf stable and preservative loaded and we think by adding in a little bit of vegetables it's balanced but that perception is skewed so far from where we were i'm here to tell you that most people don't even come close to eating a balanced diet they don't people eat out all the time most people who eat out do not make good decisions and it's just a fundamental shift that has to take place so what do you do you know like you're hearing me talk about all these things right about balanced diets about illusion around you don't have to be obese right to be disease ridden or in danger of these things and it's not, I'm not even just talking about avoiding diseases. I'm talking about wanting to perform at a high level, an optimal level, to have a really good life. If you're feeling burned out all the time and you're struggling through lethargy and brain fog, it makes everything more difficult. It makes your job more difficult. It makes parenting more difficult. It makes your relationships more difficult. It makes going to the gym more difficult. Everything gets harder. Your ex gets more and more dull and you keep swinging, wondering why it's taking so long to bring the tree down because your ex is so blunt. And this is what I'm talking about. So how do you sharpen your ex? What do you do? So first of all, litmus test. Do you have the result that you want? Or do the people trying to tell you that you should be doing X, Y, Z, do they actually have the result that you want? If they don't, you need to disregard that information. Because results speak. Results are everything in terms of do they have the, the result that, do, do they have the good blood work? Do they look vibrant? Are they living a vibrant life? And do they look healthy? You need to marry all of those things up. Or do you have those things? If not, you need to model from someone who has those things. High energy. They look vibrant. They're living the type of life that you want. They have a good energy about them. They look like they're healthy. They can present good blood work to you if needed. But more than anything, there's that energy and that look of health that a lot of people don't have. Remember, you can be thin, but you can look, look not healthy either. If you have really just dull eyes and everything just does not look good, right? So you want to look vibrant. Model from people who have the result and get a mentor if you don't know where to begin. This is why I do what I do, because I want to model to you what this looks like. And I hope that with these podcasts, you're able to take all the nuggets from them and go away and implement them into your life. But sometimes it can feel overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And that's why I'm here. And I do vegan, plant-based nutritional coaching and strategy and habit formation. And I work around these psychology-based approaches because I understand this. The next thing is to shift the colors on your plate. And remember these two concepts of eating predominantly green light foods and stacking it with my rainbow concept. And what I mean by this is, remember, your green light foods are going to be your whole foods, whole vegetables fruits, nuts and seeds, raw and unsalted nuts and seeds, legumes, chickpeas, lentils, black beans, butter beans, all of those whole foods. I would even say tempeh and tofu can fall into that category if you wanted to. And your yellow foods, remember, they're going to be your condiments, your, your hummus, your guacamole, things that can be healthy to some degree, but are more calorie dense. 
and maybe have a little bit of processing to them. So you need to be mindful of your portions. Min- keep that to a minimum, a condiment sort of approach. And then your red light foods are going to be your animal-based foods, your processed foods, your fried foods, stuff that's shelf-stable and packaging and boxing, tons of ingredients. Those things need to be eliminated as much as you can. And if you focus going into the store and shopping in the first section of the produce section where the fruit is and the bulpins are, you're already getting those green light foods. If you then take that green light concept and you stack it with my rainbow concept around asking yourself, where's my green vegetable? Where is my red vegetable? Where is my yellow vegetable? Where's my orange vegetable? And if you think about that every day and you make sure that you get those things in every day in some form, whether it's with a snack or a main meal, that in and of itself is going to be needle moving for you and start steering you down the right direction of what a balanced diet even is. You have to think about shelf-stable things as being backups. And when I say shelf-stable... I'm not even referring to like canned beans, canned lentils, packs of microwave rice. I would argue those things are green light foods because they don't have tons of processing to them. They've been cooked and they've been canned. But shelf stable in the sense of anything else that's down those main aisles, you need to use them as a backup, not the primary thing. They need to be a backup situation where if you buy a lot of Uh, perishable whole fruits and vegetables and you can't get to the store for whatever reason you have a backup in place they're a backup they're not your primary focus go back and listen to my season one episode 33 on low hanging fruit this is the best way to add in things that will give you the best return on your energy most people add in a lot of fluff they become, they, they major in the minors, right? They worry about small trivial things that don't really move the needle. Those things aren't that important. Go back, season one, episode 33, low hanging fruit. Go listen to that. Pay close attention to your biofeedback. I've talked about this in season one as well, around your hunger and cravings. Often, if we consume a highly processed diet, our hunger and cravings and anxiety actually increase. Did you know that your anxiety can actually stem from your diet? I know this to be true, and I've seen it firsthand in my students, where highly processed refined sugars will exacerbate anxiety. It does. I'm, I'm completely aware of the connection, and you can see this in metrics like increase in heart rate, skin temperature, blood pressure which then proliferates this sense of anxiety, this highly aroused sympathetic nervous system response. Look at your digestion. How is your digestion functioning? Water retention and puffiness. Often if you're consuming a lot of shelf-stable processed foods, you will have a lot of puffiness to your face. You'll hold a lot of water retention. Skin quality. Does your skin feel clear? And do you have an absence of eczema and rashes and acne and pimples, those things are telling you what's happening within your body. It's a reflection of what's going on inside, and that is dietary driven. Mental clarity and sharpness. Do you feel clear? Do you have that crystal clear clarity when it comes to thinking about problems, or do you feel this this heavy brain fog that keeps settling over your awareness? Again, 
hugely driven by dietary factors around what we think is a balanced diet. You might think you're having a balanced diet and you're wondering why you're getting brain fog all day. There is many contributing factors to that. One part of it is blood glucose instability. If you're consuming Starbucks frappuccinos or things that are spiking up your blood sugar and it's coming crashing down, you are going to experience more brain fog and lethargy with that. And so you've got to look at things you're doing and recognize that if you want to get more work done at a higher level with less mistakes so you can go away and you can do things you actually love and enjoy and connect with people deeply, mental clarity and sharpness is fundamentally important. Another challenging thing that you have to do is stop modeling, learn patterns given to us from childhood. I've made this observation with people that I know from a young age, and I see their eating patterns as adults, and man, they mimic so many of the things that they did as kids. So often what will happen, and, and this is an example of not being conscious about reprogramming your mind as an adult. So we start off as a child, we get given certain foods as our staple foods, and that literally defines how we eat as an adult because we never consciously step back and say, hmm, is this actually what I want to be doing? Is this actually the ideal diet for me? Is this actually the, the, the right process? And because we don't do that, we just fall into these default patterns. So a lot of the food choices and a lot of the meal combinations that I see adults consuming, so often they're things that they did as children. And we've, we've never reprogrammed ourselves. So there's a lack of conscious programming. You're, you're running through programs. They're just not programs that you've chosen. You're running on autopilot. So if you default towards just loving certain foods all the time and not breaking that pattern, you've got to recognize that that's not serving you. And I'm here to tell you that it's not easy. This stuff that I'm sharing with you, this is going to be the path less traveled, the fish swimming upstream, right? But you've got to model that and embrace that if you want change. I grew up not consuming a healthy diet and now I'm very health conscious, but it took time and it's 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 an ongoing process you never get to the finish line you're always learning new things and so don't try to cross this finish line and be done with it it's it's like brushing your teeth you don't just brush manically for an hour and then you don't have to brush again for the rest of the month it's an ongoing daily practice and process that you just integrate into your life to maintain a higher level of health and realize that most of the marketing and most of the data is around manip product manipulation. So what I'm saying here in the book, Metanomics does a very good job of this, where they talk about the money trail and the lobbyists and these big companies that sell you these foods, they have psychologists and marketing professionals that are highly skilled at knowing what triggers and buttons to push in you subconsciously to get you to take action on their products. And you are being manipulated mentally through marketing propaganda to think that you need dairy for strong bones and you need beef for iron. All of that is complete and utter nonsense. You don't need any of those things if you don't want to. So 
it's fundamentally important to just understand that the information circulating, one, so much of it is just manipulation. And the second thing is most of the time, they're not going to even talk about diet regarding disease models and optimal health and performance. They're just not going to cover it because multiple reasons. I mean, there's just, you could go down the conspiracy rabbit hole here, but there's just many reasons why they don't talk about nutritional factors regarding comorbidities, like I mentioned, obesity, high blood pressure, cancers, those types of things affecting the severity of viral loads on your immune system. Why do they not talk about that stuff? It's amazing to me, but at the same time, it's not surprising. So fundamentally, get back to nature more, as cliche as that sounds. If you don't have your own garden yet, start doing that. Start learning that. Start immersing yourself in that experience. Plant some fruit trees. Remember, living foods from the garden, sprouts, sprout some lentils, sprout some broccoli sprouts. You can do that on your kitchen bench. Shop in the first section of the supermarket. Avoid going down the aisles as much as you can. You don't need to be there. Whole plant foods, meaning whole vegetables in their original form, whole fruits in its original form. We don't need canned fruit that's covered in syrup. We want whole fruits in its original form, raw and unsalted nuts. Again, we don't need to have nuts drowned in salt, whole and raw. Get back to those fundamental things. That's, to me, what a balanced diet actually should look like. And you've got to recognize, and I want to close out with this because I've had this discussion with people before where they say, well, every now and then I just want to splurge and go out and have a quote unquote cheat meal and I just want to live a little. And I want to leave you with this idea that your, your definition of living a little is subjective based on your past experiences. And so your definition of living a little to you is probably very different than what I would consider living a little. I might look at someone's quote unquote living a little and I'm like, that looks awful. Like I would feel terrible if I did what they just did. But that's their subjective experience. The beauty of this though is understanding that as you walk the path and as you improve and as you get more health conscious and as you work on yourself more, you raise your standards. You start to appreciate how you feel after eating these healthy foods rather than just getting some quick dopamine hit in the moment and then feeling terrible after the fact. You start to attach value to these longer term processes and that becomes the reward mechanism more than getting some quick hyper palatable, super salty or super sugary dopamine hit in the moment. You don't value that as much anymore because of the negative things it gives you downstream. And so that balance shifts. Your balance shifts. You know, balance for someone who maybe drank a whole bottle of wine every night to one glass, maybe but that does not look anything like balance to someone who's completely abstaining from alcohol. So you've got to remember that balance is subjective based on your past experiences. The beauty of that, though, is it's a sliding scale. And as you improve and as you get mentorship and as you walk the path and as you keep consistent and you keep doing these things about green light, green light foods and stacking it with rainbow processes and doing these low-hanging fruit protocols, you will improve and level up and raise your baseline and standards. And your level of balance is going to increase more towards what I think true balance actually looks like being connected back to your body again, being
being disease free, not just disease free, but optimal, like feeling good, having good energy, good mental clarity, good relationships, good, just a good vibe about yourself. The reason why I talk about all of this stuff so much, guys, and I just want to be real with you, is because I've realized that the fitness industry, it talks all about abs and muscles and getting in shape and people post these selfies about how their life's changed and they're in great shape now. And often I just know that it's a bunch of BS or it's an illusion or it's fleeting. You know, in the moment they feel really accomplished and good because they got some quick transformation. I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen people relapse and go backwards and everything just kind of implodes in on itself. And I'm like, you don't understand the point here. I wish everyone could get an amazing shape, have ripped abs and tons of muscle and all these things to recognize that it's not the answer. It's one part of the equation. You can have that. Like you don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice that to be healthy. You can still be in great shape and be healthy at the same time. But it takes everything I'm talking about here from mindset psychology, reshifting the balanced diet approach, all of these things. And remember, I want to leave you with this. You don't have to be clearly out of shape or have something wrong with you to not be healthy. And look around at the result you have or the result around you that people have and say, is it the result that I, I want? And if it's not, find people that have that result and model from them. So this is my message to you today, guys. Go out there. Reframe and shift what you see as a balanced diet. Not only that, but understand that you it's an illusion when it comes to this idea that just because someone is not obese or has some serious issue with them doesn't mean that they're healthy. I would argue that most people in our modern world are not very healthy, but you getting this knowledge, you taking the time to listen to this episode and be here, you are already ahead of most people. Now, the next step for you is to go out there today and implement and literally do as many of the things as I've just said in this episode and go back and listen to other episodes and go and implement those things consistently. I promise you, you do that and you absolutely change your life. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at evolvingalpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.